Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. Today is the 10th. It is Tuesday. Hopefully, everybody is having a great start to the week, great start to the year, great start to the quarter. We're already a third of the way through the month. I told my wife that last month, and she kind of rolled her eyes. She 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 doesn't like how I always talk in terms of time, in terms of quarters, in terms of month. But hey, I told her that's what you married. Hopefully, everybody's having a great day wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining the show. Um, Big year in 2022, but that's in the rear view. Now it's time to look to 2023. Do you have your plan? Are you ready to go? Are you performing? I have to tell you before we get started, I had an unbelievably enjoying, uh, enjoyable conversation yesterday with a super dynamic guest on the show that's going to be airing, I, I hope, next week. Not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Her name's Jennifer Jones, and it was just a... Uh, unbelievable conversation, kind of the realities of what is happening in the sales world. So if you are, it's must listen. That's all I have to say. It is must listen. And it's one of the things that when I, at the end of 22, I started thinking, I want to be more blunt and I want to be more honest with the audience. And I know that that is very hard for some of you to comprehend considering what I've talked about. but. I don't want to sugarcoat things anymore. I just want to rip off the Band-Aid and tell people what it is really like. And that's going to start right now. If you're working for a company, you are disposable. And it doesn't matter how good you are. And this goes along with the conversation I had with Jennifer yesterday. It doesn't matter how good you are. You are disposable. Okay. And even if you are a high performer, you think to yourself, oh, they, they wouldn't, they, they don't want to lose me. Well, I have to tell you when push comes to shove, if they believe that they can get somebody else to do your job for a fraction of the cost to them, they will, they will let you go and they will move on because at the end of the day, when you're working for somebody else, you are a line item on a balance sheet. And this is not to scare you, and this is not to um, talk poorly about jobs in general. Look, I was gainfully employed for over 20 years, and I'm very thankful to each one of those organizations for taking a chance on me. But the cold, hard truth is they will move on from you, and they will never look back. You think, you think to yourself, they're going to miss me. They don't care. Okay. And I'll tell you something really interesting. Uh, there was a dermatology company that I worked for and I had just gotten hired and, um, no, this wasn't when I just got hired. This was a little, a little bit, this was a couple months in, but the top rep at the company, the top rep, he was wanting to be transferred to New York city. And his fiance at the time was, he was living in Florida. I'm sorry. He was living in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And his fiance was going to go to medical school. And no, I, it wasn't medical school. It was residency. She got a resident uh, opportunity in New York City. And so he was moving to New York City. Number one sales rep uh, reached out to the company and said, would you transfer me? There's nobody currently in New York City territory. And I'll pay for all my moving. You literally won't have to do anything. And the company said no. 
they said, we just, it's not in our plans right now to have a rep in New York City. Number one sales rep in the company. It's not going to cost the company a single dollar to transfer him from Fort Lauderdale to New York. He's going to pay his transfer. He's going to pay everything. There's no relocation package, nothing. Literally, he's just going to go from working in Fort Lauderdale to working in Miami overnight. And it's not going to cost the company anything. But in fact, what it's going to do is the Fort Lauderdale Lauderdale territory is cruising. And what he's going to do is he's going to build the New York territory. But they said, no, it's not in our plans. They said, no. So he quit. And my boss at the time was telling me how this entire conversation went. And he said, Mike, I was so nervous. I didn't call the corporate office when this gentleman quit. He goes, I was, I was terrified. I was terrified. I was going to get yelled at that. It was my fault that I didn't retain him. It was, I I was dreading it. It it, it just, I was sitting there for hours trying to work through what I was going to tell my director. And he said, when I called him, I said, Hey, so-and-so is, you know, so-and-so wanted to be transferred to New York. He's leaving and he's leaving the company. So he's going to New York, but he's leaving the company. And the way it was relayed to me was there was zero hesitation on the other end of the phone. And it was a conference call with director, the the VP of sales, VP of the company. There was like four leadership on the phone. And the VP of the company said, how quickly can you put a body in the field in Fort Lauderdale? It wasn't, how did Mike take it? Oh, I let the name out. Well, you don't have a last name. But anyway, this guy, it wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't living in Fort Lauderdale, but his name was also Mike. And they said, not, how is he doing? Well, we're sorry to lose him. It was, how quickly you, to my boss, my district manager, how quickly can you hire somebody? So in that one in that one sentence, you learned everything you need to know about how executives really think. Now, when I say executives, we're talking about 80% of executives. We're not talking every, because I know you might be listening right now. Well, my executives really care about us, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there are some companies out there where the executives really do care for their employees. But I will say, No, see, I've never seen a CEO resign in order to keep employees. It is yet to happen. CEOs are always, they're never willing to die on the sword if they make a, if they make a mistake. Executives are never, are never going to, oh, I overhired and it cost the company a ton of money. You know what? I'm going to resign and I'm going to give up my quarter of a million, $350,000 salary and my million dollar compensation package. And I want you to keep three sales reps. That never happens. The sales reps are always the ones to go. And in that statement that was made, two things came out. Okay. Number one, they didn't care about their top performer. So if they don't care about their top performer, what do you think they, what do you think they think about their lowest performer? Again, they're just treating it like line items on a spreadsheet and that's it. And just so you're aware, this was a company of less than a hundred sales reps. This was not some big organization of 1,500 or 10,000, less than 100 sales reps. 
you lose the number one rep and there was no there was no second thought about this guy leaving it was just how quickly can you put a body in the field and that is exactly what they think a body you're a name on a spreadsheet and you're a body in the field because a lot of times these organizations just believe that their product is so great. And I do believe they've convinced themselves that their process is so flawless that you could put a trained monkey out in the field and it would perform, which we know is not the case. If you could just put a trained monkey out in the field, then really marketing could do the job. And I'm not bashing marketing, but you need outside sales professionals. You need somebody who can walk into a business pull somebody into your universe, stop them from whatever they're doing, listen to your conversation, and then take action towards your product or service. That will be needed until the end of time. You're never going to change that. But the way that the company, these companies value you is not how much money you're bringing in, et cetera. And yes, you have to bring money in, but it's just, all right, we got to cut people. Who are we going to cut? And they just start making cuts, period, point blank. So you have to be mindful of that, okay? And you have to build out your plan for yourself. And as much as I want people to think of working for a company and to bleed the company's colors, you are easily disposable. And they will never think of you again. It's almost going to be like you were dead to them. And it's not because they're sitting around being like, well, that person's dead to me. People are just so busy. Okay. These executives are looking out for themselves. Okay. They're not worried if you're going to pay your bills, if your kids are going to be able to go to private school or pay for daycare or pay for that surgery that's coming up or your car payments or your mortgage or your vacation home. They don't care. What they care about is their well being. Okay. Period. In the process of you doing well, what you're doing is affording them the opportunity to hit their goals. Because trust me, I've worked for several organizations where the top half of the organization absolutely crushed it. And the bottom half really struggled. And so guess what happened? New KPIs came out. And you're thinking to yourself, well, why is that? New KPIs come out because the executives did not hit their numbers. See, this is the dirty little secret in the sales world is everyone has quota. Everyone. The owner of the company, the board of directors, the investors, they're putting down numbers that those executives have to hit. Because it doesn't make any sense. I was working for a company where the company grew something crazy like 17%. And all of a the sudden, there were now KPIs that were put into place. Very stringent KPIs. The story behind that story is that the executives did not hit their numbers. Whatever the number was. Now, it may not have been growth. It could have been something else. It could have been revenue. I don't know what that was but they didn't hit their number. 
And so if you ever, if you're ever at a company, I want you to think about this. Think about the last couple of years, whenever they've quote unquote changed things up when everything seemed to be going well. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they do something strange. And I've been on these calls with sales reps and they're like, God, these people are so incompetent. They're so stupid. Why are they doing this? Don't they realize? Yeah, they do. It's not a lot of incompetence. They know what they're doing. But the problem is in order for them to keep their jobs, they have to create a new plan for this quarter, for this year. They have to create this new plan. So I'll run through a scenario for you. Top half of the sales reps, maybe top 10%, crushing it, growing like crazy. Bottom line revenue has increased for the company. Okay. CEO, investors, somebody comes to the director of sales, comes to the VP of the company, the, the chief sales officer, whatever it is. Everybody's got a boss, unless you're the owner. But even there, you've got investors, you've got banks, you've got, you know, you've got overhead. Everybody has a boss. So the conversation is, let's go over the numbers. And everybody has these private meetings. It's not just sales reps and managers. CEOs and owners of companies will sit down with their executives and they will have one-on-ones and they will pour through the numbers. They'll pour through the P&L sheet, profit and loss, and they'll take a look at everything, expenses. They'll look at revenue. So when you're looking at your business and you're like, wow, I grew my revenue, you know, 22% last year, you know, I I should get a much bigger raise. Well, yeah, you're increased your revenue by 22%, but behind the scenes, we have no idea what happened with the cost. And your costs could have gone up 30% and you didn't know about it. You know, the marketing could have been over budgeted. They could have hired a bunch of people at the corporate office. You're just solely looking at your business and saying, hey, I did X, Y, and Z but you don't understand what's happening in the back end. So the boss person is sitting down with the executive and saying, this isn't good enough. We need to hit this in 2023. Because see, we don't know if the owner of the company, if it's privately held. I worked for a lot of privately held companies and they were sold. And looking back, I could kind of see the writing on the wall of what they're doing to quote unquote, clear the books, which is let go of people, clear the books, have as low of overhead as possible. So the profits higher, and then they can get a much higher, much higher price on the sale. A lot of it, the knowledge I have now, I look back at some of the situations in my past, it makes total sense. So these executives, they'll, they'll say something like, you know, let's say I was the director of sales, or I was the president, vice president of sales or what have you for this big company. Okay. And they come down and they say, look, we have to hit this number this year or you're out of a job. We're going to give you six months. Side note, are you aware that the average tenure of a VP of sales is 18 months? I saw this stat on LinkedIn and I don't remember what industry it was, but the VP of sales, 18 months is the, is the average tenure. Okay. So they're sitting there and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I have to come up with something to give to them. Cause they said, what's your plan? They're not going to say, Oh, just keep doing what you're doing. It's great. These executives are putting in new plans every year. And so they've got to hit these numbers. And so they're thinking, well, I got to come up with KPIs, these key performance indicators, key performance initiatives, whatever the KPI stands for. 
I've been at so many companies where all of a sudden these glorious KPIs came out and it was, it was uh, discussed like this was going to revolutionize our sales process. Nope. Whenever you have harsh KPIs come out, the leader who is running the sales division is under the thumb and the pressure of their bosses to come up with a plan to save their job. That's what it means. And it has nothing to do with profitability in each territory. It's just that that leadership, that president of sales, um, and it is a way for them to keep their job for another six, nine, 12 months. So when you're thinking, when you're in a field, let's say you're in Kansas City, you're in Los Angeles, you're in Austin, Texas, when you're out there and you're listening right now and you're working your job, if you think that just because you're hitting your numbers, you are safe, you're not. Nobody is safe, okay? And if anything over the last four, five, 10 years has shown you, the reason why I've talked about this today, the reason why I'm going to have zero filter is the fact that I think it's uber important to not sugarcoat what's happening out there and just give you the absolute truth that every single person in the field is, is interchangeable and, and dispensable. Because a lot of people running these sales organizations are not great business people. They're not. They're in the in, in bureaucracies, there's something called the Peter Principle, where you level, you will um rise to your level of incompetence. So what happens is you have a very good sales rep, you get promoted to manager. And let's say you do great at manager, then they promote you to just regional manager or division manager. And then after that, they're like, well, you know, you got a job as vice president of sales. At some point, you're going to rise to your level of incompetence. It always happens. So you got a lot of people running sales organizations that really don't know what they're doing. And they're going to do anything that they can to keep their possible seven-figure salary or seven-figure compensation. And they don't care what happens to the rep in Iowa, Ohio. West Virginia, Indiana, Massachusetts, Louisiana. They don't care what happens to you. And I saw I saw a post on LinkedIn where they were talking about, you know, oh, we're a family. You know, companies always talk about family. Look, it is a transactional sales world. When you go to work for a company, you are there just to sell for them. Okay. The minute that anything adjusts, they're going to get rid of you. They need to save money. They're going to get rid of you. If they need to go in a different direction, they're going to get rid of you. I have seen so many talented sales reps get let go and there's no rhyme or reason. Have that in the back of your mind at all times. Because when you do that and you have a realistic perception of the business world that you're going into, if for some reason you lose your job, you're not going to be like some of these people on social media 
who are begging for jobs. And I feel for these people. I don't have a job to offer them right now. I don't. And I feel for these people who are putting out posts like, please don't scroll past me. Please don't scroll past me. I've got kids and I can't pay for X, Y, Z. I really do feel for these people. But they didn't have a backup plan. And I'm not blaming them. There is going to be blame. If you are listening to my voice right now and you don't have a backup plan, you are to blame. If a company ever decides to move off of you or your entire sales organization, you are to blame. It's not your company. I'm telling you right now, it will happen. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. It might be three years from now, but your company will let you go. Your company will downsize. Your company will be sold. Your division will be eliminated. What are you going to do to prepare for that? What are you going to do? Are you going to build another skill? Are you going to have another form of income? When you're in your car, do you scroll social media? Do you consume or are you a creator? Do you have ideas that you want to cultivate? Are you going to take action? Those are only questions you can ask yourself. So if you're in your car right now, look yourself in the rear view mirror. Look into your eyes. Look back at yourself. Or if you're at home or wherever you are, you'll have to do that later. But you are the only person. You're the only person that's going to hold yourself accountable. You're the only person that knows the truth. Are you going to start scrolling? You're going to be on Facebook. You're going to be playing little games on your phone. You're going to be texting all your friends. Or are you going to be trying to reach out to people, try to find a way to insulate yourself? I think that's it for today. I think I've talked long enough. Look, if you if you want to have a strategy session, if you're listening right now and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, Mike, I never thought about this. If you want to have a if you want to have a talk, if you want to have a one-on-one with me and have a free strategy session, send me an email. Mike at Surviving Outside Sales. Let's have a conversation. I have spoken to dozens of people over the last couple months. People have taken action. They didn't sit on the sidelines. They didn't wait. They took action. I can help those people. I can't help people that don't take action. And they just want to know if what they're doing is correct, what else is out there. Reach out to me, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales. I can help. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. I hope everybody has a great rest of your Tuesday, great rest of your week, and I will see you tomorrow. Surviving Outside Sales. Bye-bye.